At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. Don't forget, you can always go to www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and read the online edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments. My guest this hour is Gare Allen, and he is the author of 13 books, including the Amazon bestseller, The Dead, A Paranormal Story. Gare uh, attended the Metaphysical Academy in Tampa, Florida during the mid-1900s, which later inspired his series of short stories, Seven Lessons. The collection chronicles Gare's otherworldly experiences with reincarnation, astral projection, channeling, and divination. In 1999, Gar purchased a home that he soon found to be haunted by its former occupant. In his free time, Gar is an advocate of animal welfare and has donated his time and book royalties to assist local animal adoption agencies. Joining me now is Gar Allen and Gar. Welcome to the Exona and congratulations on your work with animals. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show. And I don't know what I'd do without dogs in my life. I think a lot of our listeners would agree oh, yeah. with that. Hey, listen, I've got to tell you something. Uh, one of the tenures that I did working for Relmar was as the director of communications for the SBCA. So my hat is off to you and everyone ah. who does a lot of great work to help our four-pod furry little friends. Absolutely. Gar, tell me about why you got into... You know, writing about the paranormal, investigating the paranormal, going to the Metaphysical uh, Academy in Tampa. First of all, let me get you to explain to our audience what the paranormal is. So for me, the paranormal actually is under the metaphysical umbrella. And metaphysical Mm -hmm. is anything above, beyond, or transcending the physical. And the paranormal obviously fits within that definition. And I think... The metaphysical, we tend to go inward and we look at divination and psychic ability and reincarnation, whereas the paranormal, um, we go outside of ourselves and we look outside for spirits or something, maybe a dimension or another world um, outside of our own. And I think we're, we're, a lot of us are just naturally drawn to it. Um, you know, we're inherent explorers and we want to learn more about life and we ask the questions of why we're here. and. To, to find things that are outside of our normal reality, I think can only help us define our own. So I think that we had that natural draw to that. Can you tell us about your first paranormal experience? 
sure. I was um, 12 years old, mm-hmm. and I was uh, my bedroom was at the top of the stairs, and I had gone to bed, and um, the family dog was laying at the uh, end of my bed. And I was only lying there for a few moments, and suddenly my bed just levitated, and it, it probably lifted just a few inches off the floor. It wobbled slightly and then just fell hard back down. And my dog jumped off the bed. My limbs moved, you know, giving me confirmation that, you know, something did actually happen. Yeah. And just then my older brother was coming up the stairs and he poked his head in the door and he said, what was that noise? And there was, you know, no other, there was TV wasn't on, radio wasn't on. There was no other, anything making any noise. And I just was probably white with terror. I just didn't say anything. And he wandered off. And that was the first time I had anything and that scared me, <laughs> and that scared me pretty badly. But it also gave me an interest um, later on in life to start pursuing those things. How many paranormal experiences have you had in total? Oh, my gosh. Uh, when I, in uh, the mid-'90s and my 20s, I um, started studying metaphysics, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get enough reincarnation and divination. Um, and then in 1999, um, I bought a house and found out that on the day I was moving in that the former occupant had actually um, committed suicide within the house. And um, to this day, um, I still have occurrences in the home um, from that individual or from a ghost who I assume is that individual. So I've had just dozens over the years. So what kind of occurrences do you have in your home? So in the beginning, it was mostly um, missing things. Things mm-hmm. would just you know, constantly go, just vanish and never reappear. Um, one night I was sitting at the computer and I didn't have a ceiling fan on. I, you know, the air conditioner wasn't on. And suddenly the blinds, the vertical blinds to the right of me, just like somebody had taken their hand and just hit them as hard as they could. And they just swung back and forth until they settled into place. And at the time I had a, a black lab and he jumped up and just couldn't stop barking at the blinds. And that was, that was, I mean, the blinds were literally like three feet to my right at the time. So I was never, I was never harmed, but I did have an incident where I was touched and that that scared me. So I was very excited, actually, to have paranormal activity. It's exciting to have blinds move and things disappear. But unfortunately, one night I was lying in bed, and I was very agitated. I couldn't get to sleep. Um, and I was lying on my side, and I had my shirt off. And I felt two fingers. Not only did they, they touch my ribs, but they pushed me so much that my body rocked. And at, I turned suddenly out, out of fear, more like I jumped out of the bed out of fear, and there was a full-bodied apparition of what appeared to be, I call it a demon. It was an individual with a burnt face with yellow eyes. And it ran out of my room down to the front of the house into the front guest room, which is where, incidentally, the individual who lived here had um, committed suicide. And I got confirmation as all, I had three dogs at the time. Right. And all three dogs jumped up and chased this thing down the hallway and into the front bedroom. Let me not leave that front bedroom. Let me ask you a question. Why do you still live there? (laughs) So I reached out to a modern day (laughs) shaman um, to help uh, get rid of the evil demon. Because I don't think, I think, so let me back up a little bit. When um, the individual was found and he committed suicide, Uh there was an altar. And he had been practicing something that was, I'm not sure what it was. It it was described um, along the lines of voodoo or santeria. Right. And I believe the demon-type entity that I encountered was a result of that. So I did have the house cleansed. Um, I do use sea salt and holy water to create a barrier. And I haven't had any other occurrences, so I'm under the assumption that that thing is gone. But I do have paranormal encounters, which would make sense because if the, the man's ghost is still here, you know, he's you know, a good guy, so he wouldn't be banished, so to speak. So that kind of makes sense. So, um, so other than that, there hasn't been anything egregious, just more mischievous. What made you decide to sit down and write your experiences in The Dead, a true paranormal so thought- story? I had so many experiences, and, and I talked to so many people, and um, I actually studied divination, so I read tarot for a little while, and, and uh, you, think, you probably know that if you read tarot or, or can read palms, that you're, you're hit at, the, at any party, and you start to get a line that forms pretty quickly, and people would ask questions, and, you know, and they talk about dreams they had, or, or, or you know, when they had seen a ghost, and mm-hmm. so people would ask me about my experiences, and I had actively pursued, you know, researching the paranormal and metaphysics, so... 
um, I said, you know what, let me just go ahead and, and put this, you know, pen to paper. And so I, I wrote seven short stories, and they're in a collection called Seven Lessons, and they chronicle my experiences through the 90s um, and through um, all the way up into the mid-2000s. And it was sort of my attempt at Metaphysics 101. So each book deals with a different subject matter, whether it's divination or um, regressions and, and, and reincarnation, astral projection, that sort of thing. Why do you think in the year 2018 there's such an interest in the paranormal? I think we're at the point where we're like, you know, there's every, we always think, you know, there's got to be more to life, mm -hmm. and, and the world's become so automatic with technology that we all are, we, you know, and, and we become more isolated and because we're home more, in front of computers more, and I think we're all withdrawing within ourselves, which isn't a terrible thing because we're asking questions like, what what else is there and there mm -hmm. has to be something else and i think at this point it's like you know what there's enough proof out there there's enough evidence there's enough stories there's enough you know 50 60 percent of the people have seen a ghost or, or 70 percent have seen a ufo and you know the numbers are so large and people are like eh, you know what sure you know as our as we evolve and, and mature and grow or i think our minds expand to say you know what even if i don't believe in it i believe there's a possibility of it and I think once you open up to those things, then you start to see them, and you start to experience those things. Hmm. So are you a proponent of UFOs as well? I haven't had... I, I had one experience that I believe was... Um, so I absolutely believe that, that the aliens exist, and, I, and and I'm not sure what the deal is. I'm not sure if they have a deal with our government or if they're just very good at staying hidden, but it, it makes perfect sense to me that they haven't shown themselves because if somebody, if, if, a, if an aircraft or a UFO would have land tomorrow, there's a thousand different reactions our species would give that alien race and some of it good and some of it not good. And I just can't imagine they would want to come down and create that kind of chaos. You know, they'd be rejected, they'd be, you know, adored and, and everything in between. So I absolutely believe they exist, but, you know, if you watch Star Trek, you know, they have that prime directive where they don't interfere, you know, with a, a species sure. and, and their natural evolution. And I think that's absolutely applicable in that situation. All right, Gary, stand by. Uh, I'm sorry, Gary, stand by. You and I have to take our break. Whoops-a-daisies. Our guest this hour is Gar Allen, and his website is G-A-R-E-A-L-L-E-N. That's garallen.com. And Gar and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like x-zone sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. 
You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back, everyone. Gar Allen is our special guest this hour. He's the author of The Dead, A True Paranormal Story. His website is garallen.com. Gar, has um, your experiences with past life regression, have they changed your life? And if so, how? They have, um, in a couple different ways. Um, I had one incarnation where I, um, well, let me back up a little bit. When All throughout my childhood and early adulthood, I could never sleep with um, covers on my legs. I got very claustrophobic. And I had regressed back to a past lifetime where I was in a wheelchair for about 11 years as a result of a uh, motorcycle accident. And once I came out of that and actually had a dream about the lifetime in pretty vivid detail, um, that claustrophobia completely went away. And I, I, I thought that was just so amazing, and it's no different than if you were to regress back to your early childhood to a trauma and help release, you know, a phobia or a fear that you have, you know, in your current incarnation. Um, and then I had another um, exciting moment where, and I, my mother was never very much into the paranormal, but I mean, she was more of a, you know, secular person. But we were talking about dreams one day, and, and I had this recurring dream um, where I was a Native American and I was on a horse and I was pulled, I had pulled, pulled my bow and arrow back and I was getting ready to shoot this little girl on a uh, wagon mm-hmm. and all around her were the, um, the rest of the wagon trail had been slaughtered um, by these Native Americans. And I'd never told anybody about it, but it came to mind one day and I asked my mom, hey, have you ever had any um, recur- recurring dream? But she said, yeah, I had a dream where I was a little girl and this Indian is pulling a bow and arrow back oh my gosh. and getting ready to shoot me. And, every, and she always woke up before the you know, arrow was released, and I would always wake up before I released the arrow. And I didn't tell her my mm-hmm. side of the dream, and she's passed, unfortunately. I wish I had. But the chills that went down my spine, and I just knew that it was a shared lifetime. I can only imagine. My gosh. What are some of the uh, most frightening paranormal experiences that you yourself have had? So I think, um, you know, the, the, the yellow-eyed demon definitely yeah. works at the top there. Um, but I did have experience where, or several experiences where um, a friend, a psychic friend of mine um, was channeling their spirit guide for me. And I had gone through channeling sessions before where people would repeat you know, the words in their head. In this instance, he was actually taken over by his spirit guide, his physical body um, was taken over. And it was a woman taking over a man's body. And the, 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 the feeling in the room and, and to hear a woman come through and the, and the woman's mannerisms through the body of, the, of this man was just chilling, but at the same time completely peaceful. And I kept waiting for him to break character. I kept waiting for him to say, gotcha. And, and, I, and as I watched and, and this, the uh, spirit guide talked, it was only about a 10-minute session. And at the very end, as if sensing you know, that I wasn't believing what was going on, she relayed to me a dream I had the night before that I had not told anybody and obviously had a connection to my subconscious. And I knew that it, it was real. And that was, that was uh, intense, but it was, it was terrifying, like I said, at the same time. But there was a sense of peace attached to it as well because her intentions were absolutely, you know, benevolent. Hmm. 
So how has your, has your interest in the paranormal, has it enriched your life? And if so, how? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I ask a lot of questions. I'm a left brain analytical kind of guy. And, and I wrote The Dead. The Dead is literally everything that happened to me from I begin with my bed levitating at 12 years old. That's chapter one, all the way to 2014. And I, I wrote it as not only just chronicling my experiences, mm-hmm. but how I see the events of my life through that paranormal lens, so to speak. And, you know, my, my mother passing was a, a horrible experience for me, uh, but at the same time, I was able to see it through a paranormal perspective in that I believe that there's peace on the other side and that we do move on and we do continue to exist. And that gave me hope and that gave me a great relief that she was, you know, continuing to be her. She didn't just stop, you know, being and, you know, existing. And what happened was after about six months, I started to worry. I said, what, what is it like on the other side? You know, we see ghosts and we have impressions and, but are they okay? I mean, there's demons over there too, right? We've all seen bad ghosts and poltergeists. So are the ghosts that are, that haven't crossed over or that we encounter, are they in danger? Are they having a bad time? You know, what's it like? And so I worried that, oh my gosh, is my mother okay on the other side? And as I was, you know, stressing over that, um, I picked up my phone one day to do voice dictation and I hit the voice dictation button and it quickly turned itself off and I didn't say anything, and there was no radio, no TV on. But when it cleared up, there were two words that had been recorded, and it said, Mom, good. And I just thought I took that as an absolute message, you know, from my worry and stress that she was okay on the other side, yet still near me. What do you think happens to us when we die? You know, I, I like to think that once we pass, we sort of look back and we have you know, it's almost like we've aged a hundred years and we can look back and go, Oh, wow. You know, I see what I did in that situation. I see what I could have done better. I understand why that individual reacted that way to me. And, and I think a lot of the anger and, and the frustration or the resentment, I think a lot of those things sort of dissipate enough that you see it and you, and you gain a lesson from it. At least that's what I'd like to think because it certainly happens here. You know, we've all, you know, mended fences, and I think on the other side, there is none of that. You know, I don't think in pure spirit form, I don't think there is that guilt and hatred. And so that's why we're here. We're coming here to experience those things and to learn about the opposite of those things. And so you have to experience the opposite to get and understand the other, the other side of it. And in, in, in that vein, I remember thinking, okay, you know, why on earth would I draw in or, or have a demon appear in my home, especially in my bedroom? Mm-hmm. That's one of the most intimate places in the house. I mean, you go to your friend's house, you don't go in their bedrooms. Well, I've had a few demons in my bedroom in my younger days, but, you know, I met them in bars, and what do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> right? So, so you look at that, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, why would I draw in something so, mm-hmm. so horrible? And I thought, well, if, if not only to appreciate, you know, the spirit guides, you know, which would be you know, our, our perception of the opposite of it. So, you know, the opposite of something only helps define the, you know, it's, it's other thing. At least that's how I look at that. So, again, I kind of take things through my left brain and try sure. and define things like that. What about angels? What is, your, what is your opinion or your take on angels? You know, I think a lot of times um, they are our spirit guides or our guardian angels. I mean, I made contact with my spirit guide many years ago. Um, so I don't know. They're, they're obviously very loving, and they feel warm, and they, we sense them, you know, in times when we certainly need them. Um, my mother, shortly, short time before she passed, and again, she was not in a metaphysics or paranormal, very grounded individual, I went to her house, and I think it was the same day we had the uh, conversation about the dream, but she was just wide-eyed, and she said, you're not going to believe what happened. I, I, I got up, and it was very early in the morning, and she looked outside, and she swore that there was an angel just sitting on the moon, just smiling at her, and she just she couldn't describe how loving and peaceful the, the experience was and, and the expression on the angel's face. And something in the pit of my stomach told me that that was a reassurance to her, that, you know, something was coming, which you know, I assumed, you know, was her passing, right? and it ended up being that, and she, um, you know, and, and, but she took, she took pleasure from it, and, and, and peace from it, even though I don't think she truly defined, you know, the meaning behind it, but for her to say that happened, I mean, that, then I absolutely believe, you know, she saw something. Has your mom come to you in dream? She 
have for the first, I had a wonderful dream when she passed and, and I was my mother's caretaker for many years and my mother grew up on the beach and you know she was younger she had a convertible and, oh, wow. and so later in life when I had a convertible you know we'd drive <laughs> around but she'd later be like oh, I'll put the top up my hair is going to get messed up and you know but she was a lot of fun and in the dream um, she was I was packing up food for her she was I was packing her up in a convertible um, I put her cat in a carrier, and I put it next to the seat to her, you know, and, and, and I was saying goodbye to her. And she drove, I, we were in the house we grew up in, you know, that I grew up in when I was very young. And she drove off down the street, and then she reversed back and came back and asked me to put the top up one last time <laughs> so her hair wouldn't get messed up. And when I woke up, I was just like, oh, my God, what an amazing you know, goodbye, and, um, you know, sad, but wonderful at the same time, and um, I had lost a very good friend of mine, and unfortunately, I was super sick, and I could not fly up to, to the funeral up in Pennsylvania, um, but the next night, I had a wonderful dream where he came and just gave me a big hug goodbye, oh, wow. so I think a lot of times, we connect with each other in the subconscious, you know, when we sleep, for sure. Well, I guess we never say goodbye, it's kind of so long, and my interpretation of death, uh, how I see it is, is on this side of the veil, we're caterpillars. And as we progress towards the end, we start spinning our cocoon. And once we pass and cross over, we emerge on the other side as a butterfly. I look at this existence as my caterpillar stage, and I can hardly wait until I get to my butterfly stage. I love that. I absolutely love that. That's, yeah, perfect. That's perfect. Listen, you and I have to take our break. Please stand by, Gar. Really nice talking to you. Exo Nation, Gar Allen is our special guest this hour. He's the author of The Dead, a true paranormal story. But when we come back, we're going to be speaking to Gar about his most recent book, Ghost Crimes, based on actual paranormal experiences. Hmm, food for thought. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Well, not for that much longer. We've been in Hamilton now for 28 years doing the show, and we're returning to Niagara, where we're going to be uh, returning to our roots, doing the X-Zone radio TV show, the X-Chronicles newspaper. Everything we do here in Hamilton, we're moving our production facilities and studios down to Niagara for six months of the year, and then the second six months of the year, we're going to be broadcasting from Sarasota, Florida. Good times ahead, Exo Nation, and thank you for being part of this wonderful journey that you and I started in 1981. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientists and the mystic have been on an age-old relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. 
Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Garallen is our special guest this hour, explanation, www.garallen.com. And uh, Gary, in your opinion, what is the first step anyone should take when deciding to become interested and learn more about the paranormal within the realm of the metaphysical? You know, um, protect yourself, because once you open yourself up to those beliefs and, mm-hmm. and for events to happen, I think you send a message, whether it's subconscious or psychic, but you definitely are the vibe, however you want to define it. You send that out to the universe and, you know, your guides and, and the, the spirits around you hear that and also the humans around you. So it's no different than any other vibe we send out when we're looking for something and we will bring that into our life. And so don't be scared, but be weary and, and, and definitely, you know, Take it, everything in with a grain of salt, but look into protecting yourself, and that means, you know, not having excessive alcohol or, or drugs or, or smoking things that kind of lower our our, our aura mm-hmm. and make us susceptible to negativity. You know, and being in a positive state when you're exploring those things. That'd well, be my best advice. Why is it that a lot of people who have encounters with ghosts have them in hotels, restaurants, and bars? So I think it's it's so transient. And so they know that there's going to be a lot of people there. And when we go, you know, I, I traveled many, many years um, and, and I was a regional manager in retail mm-hmm. and spent, you know, three or four nights each week in a hotel. And it's, you know, you're worn down and you're drained and you're stressed because, you know, you've been on a plane or you got to get up early and get on a plane or, or go do a big presentation. When you go to a bar, you know, there's there are people that, you know, they're drinking excessively. And again, those auras are, are lowered and your defenses are down. And I think when the spirits, you know, drain energy from us, and, and it's easy picking, so to speak, so for them to take it. Um, you know, you hear a lot about, and it's happened to me, where I had an experience overnight where there were three knocks on my sliding glass door and, you know, the alarm started going off in the house. And the next morning, every device, remote control, anything, you know, iPad, phone, anything with a battery had been drained to zero. And, you know, just told me that there was definitely something there that night um, that had taken the energy. So I think, um, you know, I think they draw energy from us in those places pretty easily. I know a lot of people who draw energy out of people, you know, the psychic vampires. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> Tell me about your new sure. book. Tell me about your new book, Ghost Crimes, based on actual paranormal experiences. So I, um, I had finished writing pretty much all my, you know, personal paranormal experiences. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about how I pretty much didn't have anything egregious happen to me, you know, mischievous and, you know, certainly some scary things, but I was never harmed. And I was talking to a a friend of mine who was a policeman, and he was saying that, you know, he had responded to a a 
domestic uh, abuse and you know somebody had hit somebody in a house and the uh, person that was accused said it wasn't me it was a ghost yeah and he, he kind of says that happens a lot but he says sometimes there's something to that and I'm like are you're kidding me right and he's like no think about what what encounters our EMTs our first responders you know firemen detectives what they encounter that they probably don't report back for the sake of you know, not having to put something like that in a report that, yeah. hey, I saw a ghost when I responded to this uh, issue. And um, so I, I reached out to uh, several of them and was just given some incredible stories. And at first I was collecting them so that I could just, you know, put them together as a collection in a book. And many of them said, you know, hey, I'll tell you my story, but don't use my name. You know, I don't want to be out there. Um, and I said, you know what, let me so, – so what I did was I wrote a narrative, so it's a story based on one of the detectives that I interviewed. And I and, and I intertwine the stories together over a 20-year period. So all the stories are absolutely true. I just connected them um, with a common thread. And the detective is an actual detective, and he is described to the T. I mean, I am surprised he let me get away with what I, how I described him. But he, he said, oh, don't worry. No one will know it's me. I've been retired for years. There you go. Um, but, you know, back in the day, you know, a lot of these, they would not report these things. So now, mm-hmm. you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's much more accepted, and, and you're hearing more of these stories. During your time investigating and doing research for your books, did you discover a common thread between all the people that you interviewed and those who had had paranormal events? You know, <laughs> not really. I mean, it's there were all different nationalities and both genders and all ages. Mm-hmm. I think they were their reactions were certainly. I, I, it, the one common theme was when they did finally tell me, they would say, okay, I saw a ghost when I was responding to a robbery. And then they'd go, and, and, and they would keep adding more and more. And then finally, I couldn't get them to stop talking. And I think it was therapeutic that they were finally getting it off their chest after all this time. You know, because like I said, they wouldn't put it in their reports. And nobody wanted to be a spooky molder, yeah. you know, in the office. And so, yeah, I think that was a common thing was, that, you know, once they got it off their chest, they were like, oh, I couldn't get them to stop <laughs> talking about it. How did you vet these people? I'm not talking about the police officers, but other people that you interviewed and the information that you attained or obtained from them. How did you vet what they were saying before you put it in your book? Um, you mean how did I have procure it from them? Or? No, how, how did you verify it or validate it? Um, you know, I asked for case files. Um, they, you know, weren't able to give me anything like that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get specifics. There, there is a chapter that um, is based in a small town in Florida where there, and I don't want to give away too much of the book because it's, it's, it's essential to the, actually the ending of the story, but I, I was able to Google and find about 90% of that story documented. Wow. In, the, in this small town. So, um, you know, I just, um, you know, I, I guess when I say true paranormal cases, they're true based on, you know, the accounts of these men and women who are first responders, and they have no reason to fabricate a story. They weren't compensated for sharing their stories with me, and I seek them out. Mm-hmm. I badgered some of them, <laughs> even, you know, to kind of get some stories. So, yeah. Wow. So what's next for you? What are your, what are your next endeavors? So um, Ghost Crimes came out in December and, and it's been doing very well, and I've already started the outline for Ghost Crimes 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was recently I had a great experience where a friend of mine um, filmed a movie, and being a regional manager for so many years, there was a small part for a you know restaurant manager, and so I was able to, to tip my toe into acting for the first time ever. And I'm pretty sure I was awful, Rob, but I had an absolute blast doing it. It was so much fun. Um, you know, there was no compensation or anything, but if the movie ever sees the light of day, I can say I was in a movie, but it got me thinking <laughs> about, um, taking some of my short stories, you know, that chronicle my metaphysical mm-hmm. experiences and they follow, um, Greer and Ashley as they navigate their relationship and the metaphysical experiences around them. And I'm, I'm going to write a screenplay based on the uh, first two books combined. So that's actually my next endeavor. And with a little luck, uh, maybe one day I'll see, uh, you know, my life experiences, you know, told through a story um, on a screen. Earlier you said people who are getting into the paranormal should learn how to protect themselves. How do they do that? So you definitely want to remain positive. You know, your, 
you, you draw in what you project out. And, you know, as they say, opposites attract, you know, in the metaphysical world, mm-hmm. it's like attracts like. So if you're in a bad mood, you're probably going to attract somebody else in a bad mood, and they're just going to feed it. And we love to feed each other's anger and frustration, you know, when we're in those states. So I think if you're in a negative state or, or, or looking, you know, and angry, that you're going to draw that kind of energy in from the other side also. So meditation and I think chakra alignment is one of the first things I did. And those of you who don't know, there's seven chakras that are alignment aligned along your spinal cord, and they each resonate with a different um, part of your body, and they regulate different organs, but they also regulate different emotions and attitudes. Um, The very top chakra will connect you out to the universe, and your base chakra will connect you to the earth and ground you. So when they're aligned, your aura is sort of supercharged, and you're resistant. You're sort of wearing an armor, so to speak. Um, So, you know, many things will just kind of bounce off of you. And, and having an open mind and, and not being overly emotional one way or the other. Um, some people take it a step further and, um, you know, burning incense and white candles. And like I said, my, the outside of my house is sea salt and holy mm-hmm. water um, just is a spiritual barrier. You know what? It can't hurt. <laughs> That's how I look at that. How does the participation of someone into the realm of the metaphysical actually does it work with their religious beliefs or does it work against their religious beliefs or two separate uh, ballparks you know i've had a couple different reactions because i think people have experiences you know they have dreams or Mm -hmm. especially if if their experiences are connected to a loved one they want to explore it so if there is a you know if it doesn't jive or mesh with you know their particular faith you know there's a bit of a struggle there but I've never understood resistance to the paranormal based on, uh, you know, faith. I mean, you know, the Holy Ghost. I mean, he's literally a ghost. Yeah. So it, and he, he resurrected and, and, and did all these wonderful things. So That's right. And I, if somebody I, walking on water isn't paranormal, I don't know what it is. <laughs> exactly. So I don't, I, yeah. I never understood the resistance, but I'm not judging it. Um, I just didn't understand that. And to me, you know, if God created everything, that means everything. There you, you know, go. Whether it's paranormal, metaphysical, physical, you know, the whole shebang. So I just, you know, and, and we only get glimpses, you yeah. know, and I think for some reason things are set up that we're just getting these tiny glimpses of the other side. And, you know, we're, I mean, and as much as we've gotten and as much as we've recorded and with all our devices, we still, you know, I'm not sure, you know, because let's face it, you know, our primary sense is sight and we have mm-hmm. to see it to believe. And if we don't see it, and once we see something, then we want to touch it. Well, we usually don't see the paranormal, and if you do, you certainly don't get to touch it very often. So That's right. And in the words... For us, for, yeah, it's very easy for us for, to dismiss it as not being real. So I think we're constantly trying to convince ourselves. You know, I've Gar, seen we've got to take a break. Time. Please stand by. Exonation, okay. Gar Allen is our guest, and uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break. But don't forget, in the words of the Borg, Resistance is futile. We'll be back on the other side of this break. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. 
Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. Gar Allen is our special guest this hour. GarAllen.com is the website. And in the first part of the show, we talked to Gar about his, his book entitled The Dead, a true, prof- a true, I was going to say professional, a true paranormal story. And we also talked in the second part of the show about his new book that's out there, Ghost Crimes, based on actual paranormal experiences. First of all, Gar, thanks very much for coming on the show. Great having you with us. Um, do you go out on, on ghost hunting or ghost research groups uh, with groups looking for ghosts, goblins, and things that go bump in the night? I do not. Um, I'm not a ghost hunter. Many friends who are, um, I have, def- when I do go to homes or new places, I definitely open myself up to um, sense what's around me. So on occasion, someone mm-hmm. will say, I think I have a ghost in my house, and if I happen to be at their home, I'll say, okay, don't tell me anything, and I'll try and sense what's there and, you know, kind of pick up on some energy. But, you know, I, I think I've got my hands full with my guy here. Um, he's definitely connected to the house. And um, so I, I, I wonder sometimes, I have a friend of mine, um, author friend of mine, Joni Mahan, who is a ghost hunter, and she's always bringing ghosts home with her uh, constantly from her ghost hunts and investigations. And I just, no, I'm okay with the one, the one I have at home for now. <laughs> Wow. Why doesn't she do something to protect herself or shield herself that she doesn't bring all these ghosts home? Or does she like bringing ghosts home? Hey, honey, look what I brought home, a ghost. (laughs) No, I mean, she does, you know, she she said she wears the amulets, and and she does things, and she says prayers. And Mm -hmm. um, again, I think when uh, a spirit is positive and, and loving and peaceful, that, you know, they're they're allowed into our space because they resonate with our energy. So, um, you know, I don't think she brings home anything, you know, malevolent. Um, but they, they can sense that she senses them, and they're like, oh, good, someone can see me or ah. someone sense me, and maybe they're lonely. You know, I always wonder what their perspective is. And the individual who, who had, you know, taken his life in my house in 1999, does he still see it the way it was decorated when he had it? Because... If I renovate or paint a wall or even put a Christmas tree up, it, the activity just goes through the roof. He does not like renovations and changes. So I wondered about that, if he still sees it the way it was when he lived here, you know, in the in the late 1990s. Have you ever asked him? I tried to make contact. I, I you know, I knew his name and, and I Googled some things, but, um, you know, he just never really connected with me. And, hmm. and I tried to use devices and the Ouija board. I mean, I tried lots of ways to connect and just did not get any feedback. It was almost like, you know, now there, there was one instance where when, right before I moved in, um, the house was completely empty. I mean, there were no blinds, no ceiling fans. It was just stripped of everything. And a friend of mine, you know, we were hanging, you know, fans and blinds that we had purchased. And I left the house to go to Home Depot to get something. And I came back. And as I came through the front door that was open, 
um, he was talking. And I said, who are you talking to? And he turned around and looked at me and looked down the hall at the front bedroom where that man had taken his life. And he goes, where have you been? And I said, I just got back. And he said, then who have I been talking to? And he had been having a conversation with a, a muffled. He said it was a muffled voice. He assumed it was me, and he assumed I had one of my masks on, you know, the, so I didn't inhale dust and everything while we were working. And I said, well, what was the voice saying to you? And you thought it was me. He said, you, you first he said, I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm hanging the blinds. And he was like, why? He said, because you told me to. And the voice just kept wanting to know what he was doing and why he was doing it and why he was in the home. Hmm. And he thought it was me just messing with him. Well, he must have had a reason for thinking that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it was um, poor guy, you know, poor guy. He goes, <laughs> and and what's interesting is he had a tool belt on, you know, and he had a right. hammer on there, and his hammer suddenly was just gone. He said, where's my hammer? Now, the house is, there's nothing in it. It is floor and carpet and a couple ceiling fans we bought mm-hmm. and, and blinds, and, and it, it never reappeared, and that was the beginning of just many things that would just disappear. How do you explain that? How do you explain the disappearance of material objects? So, you know, I, I, I thought about that, and I'm like, okay. So I started, you know, thinking left brain, and, you know, so there's that I don't know, belief or thought process or scientific, you know, example where everything, that, that solidity is not real. You know, it's mm-hmm. just everything's vibrating such that it creates the illusion of solidity, but if you change the vibration of something, you change its actual structure. And I think because they're vibrating at a, on a spirit level that they can transfer that to physical objects. And so the hammer didn't disappear. It was still there. It was just vibrating at different frequencies, so it was existing outside of our physical realm, if that makes sense. What do you think the future holds for paranormal investigations and the, the um, research into the unknown? You know, I, I think it's only going to continue to widen. I think, you know, we're hungry for it. We're looking outside of ourselves, and we want proof. You know, sometimes when we have beliefs and we don't get confirmation of what we believe or, you know, again, we, want, we crave that, you know, proof. We want to see it, to believe it, mm-hmm. and we want to see things happen. And I think the more that we see objects, and it, it's probably only a matter of time before we get intelligent responses. So we're already getting words. We're already getting connections. But, you know, and whether it's, you know, a possession, you know, or a channeling where they come through and explain, you know, who they are and why they're there. Um, but it just seems to getting stronger and stronger. And the more we open up to it, I think that world, and you know, is, is going to become more realized and you know there's a thought process out there in the metaphysical world that the earth is you know shifting and its next reality is fourth dimensional reality where the physical and the metaphysical coexist with all the let me let me just uh, preface this in my opinion the internet is the largest septic tank that mankind has ever made because there's more crap in it than anything else so how do we how do people who are surfing the net who are interested in the seeking out the truth when it comes to the metaphysical and the paranormal how do they best gauge what is real and what is nothing else but honky donk you know i think first you have to listen to other people's experiences mm-hmm. and 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 of course not everything that you read is true on the internet we all know that for a fact but something has to resonate with you so we've all we've all had a you know sit down dinner or hanging out with our friends and someone says oh i don't think i'm ever going to get married and someone says no i want to get married a lot of kids and someone else says oh i want to get married but i'm gonna wait a few years you know everybody's got their opinion and and one of those opinions resonates with you and you go yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with him. You know, I think like that. That, that. that sounds like something that would make me happy. So I think you have to listen and allow it to sort of marinate and see what works and, and best resonates with you. And use your feelers. Use your gut instinct. You know, take things in through your solar plexus, plexus and, and listen. And then take your experiences and apply them to that belief. You know, dreams, you know, I think dreams are prophetic. No, I think dreams are just, you know, us releasing. Or, you know, I think dreams are visitors, you know, as ghosts. You know, it could be all three. Mm -hmm. But you know what? When you want to figure out what a dream was about, you know, think about it in those definitions and go through each one and see which one resonates to your best interest that works best for you. And really have fun with it and, and find your own definitions 
of these things that are happening. You know, all these ghost hunting groups that are doing these wonderful things and researching, but they all still have their own filter and their own take on what is actually happening. Despite the fact that they're using some of the same equipment, you know, doing the same things, and you know, but they all are taking it in just a little bit differently based on their experiences and, and what resonates with them. Tell me about the work that you're doing with animals, because I find that fascinating. Oh, my gosh. So we're currently on, um, I'm currently on my second generation of rescue dogs. So years ago, I got mm-hmm. in contact with a local group called Lost Angels Animal Rescue, and they're just an amazing group. And I just watched these people foster dogs. And when you foster a dog, if you've ever done it, first off, hats off to you. Yeah. Um, I had never done it up till, until a few years ago. I'd adopted many dogs. So I had an opportunity to foster a dog. I just couldn't let this poor animal you know, not be taken care sure. of. And when I finally adopted the dog through the rescue group, the adoption fee didn't even scratch what I put out. Oh, I know that. that. I know that feeling. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even a fraction of it. So I said, you know what? This group has been adopting for 16 years. So I reached out to their pet parents. and I said, hey, I want to put a book together. Send me your stories. Send me your pictures. I'll put it together. We'll put it out. We'll raise money. And all the proceeds will go to you guys. And I was inundated with stories and photographs. Yeah, and put it together and, and raised a bunch of money for them. And it just, I, I wish I could do that every month for every group that ever existed out there, you know, just continue to help these folks help these puppies. So I'm on my second generation of dogs now. They're amazing. Um, but I have, I'm down to two dogs. I usually have three, but I just say that I have room for the third. And, you know, when it's going to happen, it's going to happen because they, they seem to find their way, you know, to the right people. Isn't that the and, truth? Yeah. Animals yes, do. It's, a, it's amazing. You know, the dog that I fostered, uh, I, you know, you never think anybody could give it a better home than you, right? So you're like, oh, my God, how could I ever give up a dog? Right. But we, I found the perfect home. It was better than mine. You know, the dog was, you know, is a black-mouthed cur, you know, very hyper. It was a young, active couple who had a black-mouthed cur <laughs> who needed a friend. So it was just the, the planets aligned. Oh, wow. and, and they literally applied like within hours of posting his picture up there. And it just, you know, it couldn't have gone any more perfect. And that's when you know it was the right thing. So, you know, my, again, I, I had such a new respect for what these adoption groups do for us across, and for the dogs across the country. Gar, you and I have to say so long for tonight, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Continued success in your writing career. And uh, thank you for all the wonderful work that you do for our four-legged little friends. Always, and thank you so much. Great show, Robin. Thanks again for the time. I had a blast. Look forward to having you back on in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care, Gar. ExoNation, my guest this hour has been Gar Allen. His website is garallen.com. That's G-A-R-E-A-L-L-E-N.com. And we'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue right here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? 
Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 